tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Well, hello there, GoCast listener. Unless this is your first, I guess, foray into listening to us, in which case... Congratulations, brand new GoCast listener. <laughs> You've stumbled across our first ever mailbag episode. I'm your host, Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. As always. Hey, man. Hey. I feel like we just did this. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's been a day. Anyway, really quick, before we get started here and we start, you know, jibba-jabbering, it's the 19th of March, not a Tuesday evening, and that's just strange. But we're here doing this. This is something that we've been talking about doing. And we meant to start last month and just kind of ran out of time. But we get a lot of great emails and voicemails on the show. And sometimes we just don't have enough time to, to talk about all of them without doing like a three hour show. So we decided to do once a month a mailbag episode where we get to compile a lot of those emails and voicemails. This time it's just emails and just kind of answer questions that are either not Pokemon related or just, you know, were very long and weren't included in the show um, as a result. So that's what we're doing here. But Mr. Cobb, we've got six emails, six. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So for those of you that might have emailed in, we're like, Hey, they didn't read my email. Well, today's your lucky day. Round number two. <laughs> I'll take the first one here, Kyle. All right. This first one is from Lemuel. Hello, Kyle and Chris. Hello. Hello. I'm a long-time listener, but this is my first time writing to you guys. I just have a few questions. My first question is about IV checkers. I've used both Ghost Stadium and Pokegini. I have a hash Togekiss with 10, 13, 14 IVs. In Ghost Stadium checker, if you change the setting to Raid Hatch Research, it is considered rank 1. But if you change it to Wild Catch, it is rank 227, same as in Pokegini. So my question is, does it matter if a Pokemon is hatched or caught in the wild? Is having a 10 attack hatched as good as a zero attack wild catch? Hmm. Well, this one's an easy one to answer, actually. And it's that, no, it's definitely not the same. The zero is better for PvP, depending on the Pokemon, obviously. But... It really depends on the Pokemon because you can't encounter Togepi in the wild. It doesn't it doesn't exist. It's only hatching or raids if you raid Togetic, which is why you sort via the raid hatch research tier list, because it has the minimum floor ceiling of 10, meaning the lowest of any stat you can have is 10, which is why it would be considered rank one there. But in an ideal world, you'd rather have something like a 1, 15, 14, I imagine. Something like that with a Togekiss. But you you can't get that. The odds of getting that is, it's actually impossible. Unless you traded before they put in the floor, uh, the IV floor for good friend trades. Right, yeah. You'd have to trade with somebody that is a that you have zero friendship with or like, you know the minimum level but even then i don't think zero is possible so i think you're I, right. I don't i think minimum on somebody you're friends with at all is three okay. but i i could be wrong it's been a long time since i looked that one up and the better friends you are the higher that floor is yeah 
Yeah. So it's kind of a complicated question, but like Kyle said, sort of an easy sort of answer. There's a second question, though. My second question is about transferring old Pokemon to clear storage. At the moment, my storage is 3842 out of 3900. I can see Kyle cringing already. LOL. <laughs> I can actually see Kyle cringing. I have Pokemon from 2016, 2017, and etc. that I am saving to trade to try and get lucky. My question is, with lucky trade available, should I be saving Pokemon from past years in hopes to get a lucky trade or just grind them up and make candy out of them? Sorry for the long email. Keep up the good work and thanks for everything you guys do. Love me well. Well, I'll take this one because Kyle so so eloquently answered the first question. You should you should probably hold on to your old Pokemon. Uh, the older they are, the higher of a chance they have of going lucky when you trade them. And then lucky trades is just something that you have. Like if you were trying to go lucky friends with somebody, first of all, you have to be best friends with somebody. And then you have to trigger lucky friends with them as well, which is in of itself a chance. So my feeling is save the older ones. And if you have to make a choice of which ones to prune, prune the newer Pokemon, but make sure you just get out there and trade those 2016s and get the, get that out of the way. You know, as soon as you can, just do it and move that inventory. My first thought is how many Pokemon are you saving from 2016 and 2017? Mm -hmm. If it's like a couple hundred, you don't need that many. I I, I would not keep that many old Pokemon. But if it's like, you know, a hundred, that's fine. That's good to potentially fodder away for some lucky trades in the future. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just, you know, keep them around for what you're going to use them for. But I mean, think about it. Honestly, are you do you really want 350 lucky Pokemon? And do you want 50 of them to be Ekans from 2016? Probably not. So, you know, do you do what you got to do? Prioritize appropriately. But that's our that's our two cents. Thanks so much for the email. Next email is from Sam. And they said, hi. I got an idea about how we can get Fionn and Manaphy. First, you get a challenge that feature Manaphy, and then you get a mysterious egg, and when you hatch it, you get Fionn. I do think that's how they're going to implement it in some way, although I imagine it will be even more boring than that. You'll have an, <laughs> you'll have an event to get Manaphy, which will then give another field research, another special research to get Fionn, and that's, that's going to be it. Yeah, I think if there was a way to do this and a way for there to be a very honest and tried and true sort of nod toward the Pokemon. Yeah, in place of actual breeding in this game, the egg system is in in place. So getting the mysterious egg that you get that has Fionn in it once is a cool way to introduce that Pokemon for sure. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Next email is from Andrew. They said, hey, guys, not Pokemon related per se. But I just wanted to tell you that I have really enjoyed listening to your podcast. I'm hoping to start a podcast of my own with my dad and brother. Don't worry, I'm not competition. It would be a baseball podcast. Just wondering if you have any advice for someone just starting out, like the easiest program to use. None of us will be in the same spot. I have some advice for you. I heard in the past you talk about how much you hate the best buddy system, at least what it takes to earn hearts. I recommend just focusing on the quick treat. If I'm going on a poker walk, I'll feed my buddy with the quick treat. Or if I'm playing and waiting for Adventure Sync to sync up, I'll take my buddy out. I also make sure he is out and that I use him when I battle gyms, raid, or do go battling. You won't become best buddies quickly, but you will at least slowly make progress. 
I also could have emailed in the past about some of the research events like we just had. They are good when they sync with other ongoing events. The Drifloon research day was good because it forced me to catch 50 ghosts, which was a task at the time for something else, I believe. This weekend, I had catch 15 dark Pokemon for time research that the sneeze will help with. Oh, right now we can use that. <laughs> oh, well, boy, that would be, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious if you and other listeners know how much money they put into the game outside of events, because those are cool little extras. It seems like people on my local discord have pumped hundred dollars plus into chasing one shiny legendary. <sighs> oh, Thanks for the work you guys put into the weekly podcast. I enjoy listening every week. Well, there's a lot to there's a lot to answer in this email, but I'm gonna let Chris start out because the start is directed at him. Oh, the the podcasting advice. Yeah. Um. All right. So the the real question in particular was easiest programs to use. Oh, an example is like easiest programs to use. Okay. Getting started on podcasting. First of all, I would actually probably also point you to listening to. Uh, the creator series episode that we did with our good friends over at lured up Ken had me on and we talked a lot about podcasting the podcasting process and our recommendations around that but a short version of it is download a freeware program called audacity it's a free open source audio editing program that i've used for over a decade for podcasting for other things i use it for work almost daily as well it's very powerful it's fantastic, and it's relatively straightforward. Lots of nice tools, but you can hit record, you can hit stop, and you can cut little sections out. You're, you're, you're good to go, pretty much. Now, as far as like hosting and things like that, that's where it's actually going to start costing a little bit of money. Once you have your finalized product, you uh, just take a look around at different hosting platforms. We use Buzzsprout currently, but in the past, I've used Podbean, Podomatic, uh, Libsyn is very popular, but a little bit expensive. There's lots and lots of options. I would just encourage you to do some research and compare some of them and, and pick the right one. It's very hard to choose poorly because it's kind of competitive, which is really awesome. Um, and, you know, the last thing is always make sure you pick a good topic that you're passionate about. But it sounds like you are. So you've got that on lock. Good luck. If you have any more questions, feel free to send us an email or, or, you know, hit me up on a DM on Twitter or something like that. I'd be happy to talk to you about podcasting at any point in time. One thing I can say that I know some people get a little freaked out about is equipment. It's not as expensive as you think to get started, even at a, like a very, very low entry level. So something like a, a Blue Yeti or a, a Snowball is is very cheap and it will last you probably forever if mm -hmm. you don't want to upgrade to a, a big boy basically yeah which that can be prohibitively expensive surprisingly the headphones that the iphones come with have a, a mic on them that is much better than it has any business being <laughs> um so if you have a pair of those lying around those are also really great you'd be surprised give everything a try just test out a couple of things i just re really recommend not using the built-in laptop microphone that's probably the only thing i wouldn't use but phones are great headphones with microphones are great everything's great especially if you Start to mess with it a little bit when you're mastering it in Audacity, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> don't use webcam mics either. Yeah, don't do that. They're just, they're not good. <laughs> they're designed to capture room sound and everything else at a distance, which is the opposite of what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But best buddies. Best buddies. 
I, I have one thought to say. I change my walking partner too often for for me to bother because I use the buddy system for convenience. I need the candy. Now you need the XL candy more than I care about the bonus on one Pokemon. Mm-hmm. If I didn't need to keep switching to something new that I was going to walk, I would have put the effort into Best Buddy, uh, one of my 100% Gengars. But there's just there's just better value in terms of using my time personally. Um, I've kind of come around on the on the Buddy system. I've actually been doing it. I'm now the proud owner of at least one Best Buddy. Oh, they man. said it couldn't be done. Here we are. How many Best Buddies is it for the Platinum? <laughs> Bad. Like I don't know, like two hundred something like that. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> That's right. It is something like that. <laughs> you know, by, by the way, while we're talking about that, we'll come back to the topic at hand. But I realized the other day, and this is this is old hat at this point in time. But when they introduced platinum medals, the XL Magikarp and the extra small Rattata yeah. went up from three hundred to one thousand at yeah. platinum. Excuse yeah. me. Wow. I'm not even gold with those two. Oh, man, no, me neither. Me I'm neither, not even but. close on the Rattata. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, the buddy system, I think my key to success for actually hitting my first best buddy was identifying a Pokemon that I didn't have to think twice about. Was this worth my time investing into? Which for me was one of my 100% Charizards. I said, I'm going to do this. And then every day I, I fed them a little bit and, and pet them and took pictures of them and all that sort of stuff. The quick treat is such a good piece of advice because how many times have i gone on on walks and at the end of it i'm like oh i could have had my buddy out this whole time what am i doing all the wasted years stuff like that yeah so thanks for that uh and as far as money we've put into the game uh i can tell you i've put in probably just under two grand into this game over my entire time playing but i'm gonna i'm going to include like events and times that i've splurged for events and things like that too just because it's easier for me to quantify but I think at the end of 2019 and we're in the beginning of 2020, I totaled it up and it was like $760 or something like that. I'd really have to think about it. I've, I haven't spent anywhere as much as Chris has because Chris's lights, super incubators on fire. But <laughs> they're so flammable, Kyle. <laughs> they are. Who's, who's dipping it, these in gasoline? It gets cold in, in Chicago. It's all I have. Probably less than that, uh, 750 probably yeah yeah. that that seems pretty close i think and and i'd like to say just just to validate ourselves a little bit here we've been playing this game well kyle and i took a little bit break after it came out but since it came out essentially and we've been playing it very hard (laughs) in the grand scheme of things so that might sound like a lot of money but it's in lieu of other things we would have been doing with that time and probably spent that money on anyway yeah and let's also be fair neither of us would have spent anywhere as much if we weren't also doing the podcast yes for sure i feel so. compelled to do every event and everything to the end get degree. all of the pokemon raid all of the pokemon so we can talk about it that exactly so we can be up to date and intelligent on it yeah so that's not true everybody but there you go there's your insight thanks for the email next one's from jj hi chris and kyle Yo, what up? Hello. Your podcast is the best in the Pokemon Go podcast world. I look forward to it every week. That is high praise because we have such excellent, excellent colleagues who also do great shows. So make sure you've tried them all before you settle, I guess. (laughs) But anyway, 
Chris, this email is specifically for Kyle, but you're a cool dude and you should feel the freedom to eat Kit Kats however you want. Thank you for being so positive. Your perspective is really great. Well, I guess just not valuable enough to answer this question. Kyle, when they announced the Hoenn event and how if I was really lucky, I might find a shiny Aaron, I felt the way you felt and was really not excited about it. I also started to think recently that Niantic somehow turned off the ability to catch shinies in my game specifically, <laughs> which has been a real bummer since all these recycled events to start 2021 have been. Shiny Aaron level fun, but without even finding recycled shinies. Then last night, I got a shiny Aaron from a research and I sighed, <laughs> like how you sigh at nearly oh, all information no. Niantic shares about anything. Just wanted to tell you that I got the shiny Aaron, my third, and feel Kyle level disappointment. That sounds transcendental. But then it got me thinking. Normally, no matter what the event is, you are not excited about it, which is funny. And I appreciate your realistic viewpoint. My question is, what would be the event that when Chris read you the details, you'd be super excited about the whole thing and have a lot of positive things to say? What's the Kyle dream event? Chris, I'd love to know what yours is as well. Anyways, you guys are great. And thank you for such a great show every week. I know it's a ton of work to put together and I really appreciate what you do. Thank you, JJ. This guy's got your number. <laughs> He's got your number, dude. <laughs> uh, so first off, I am not always negative about any event. There are events that happen that I'm like, I am excited about, but I always try to, I always see the other side of the event anyways. But that said, an event that would truly have me excited uh they announced that for an entire week they're going to turn on as many spawn points as they have during spotlight hour and for the entire week it's going to be five times catch stardust <laughs> and they're i don't care what if there's a featured shiny doesn't matter i mean actually okay if you want to just keep going off the deep end shiny spirit tomb is showing up in the wild well, Ooh. Spirit Tomb is showing up in the wild because there's no way I'm ever getting a shiny Spirit Tomb without somebody trading it to me at this point, I feel like. So, you know, you got to you got to ask for the moon to to be absolutely insane. But got to ask the, for the moon to get the cheese, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, my dream event is anything that gets me the excuse to go out and play. I like hatching eggs. I like catching Pokemon for Stardust. I like raiding. What's, I'm so what's, easy to please. What's man. your dream egg event? My dream egg event? Yeah. My dream egg event would be four times incubator effectiveness. It would be uh <laughs> it would be 10k's <laughs> dropping from every single Pokestop spin. And it would be double experience and double stardust on hatch. They don't you, even have to change the pool, man. You, I'm not you even know asking that if they for did that. that, the pool would be like Caterpie. 12 different starters and then three <laughs> rare Pokemon. And those three rare Pokemon would be like Beldum, Lavatar, and Absol. Great. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Because uh, uh, at that point in time, I set up that event in such a way that it's more about the reward is like you can hatch high quality eggs really quickly at a mass amount for but see, like, rewards. But see, like in that case, let's pretend that actually happens. If all eggs that drop from spinning stops were 10Ks, I don't care what the event was. I would be interested. 10Ks yep. are a good reward, and you, you feel good for walking them even when it's a bad Pokemon inside them. 
I also just like the idea of the distance of like the type of egg distance that you're receiving being consistent because then you can load up on nine, throw all nine in, hatch all nine at once, load up again and do it again instead of these stragglers here and then. And you can always you can time star pieces and lucky eggs if you want to go through that effort, which if you can get nine, 10 K eggs, it's very worth it. Absolutely. Um, I I definitely wish that something that happened in the game would let you coordinate that better. I, I don't hatch non 7k eggs right now, period, end of story, because my inventory ends up looking like four 2ks, three uh, 5ks, and a 10k or whatever. Yeah, I wish that it was like you got them up to a point and then you could navigate to that page and hit hatch. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But oh, well, thank you very much for the email, JJ. That was great. Next email is from Brian. And they said... Hi, GoCast. This is Brian, a longtime listener, first-time writer, and I have a question for you. When I run, there is a route I take which is about 3.5 miles long. However, during the run, I am not credited with any kilometers and am only given any when I get home. Also, instead of getting around 5.6 kilometers, I generally only get 2.5. My route is pretty straight, so I would assume I would be given the entire distance. Is this a bug or is this normal? Thanks, Brian. Well, so there's there's a couple of factors. First and foremost, Adventure Sync is not very reliable. Like it's not yeah. awful, but it is consistently not perfect. But if you want to be more accurate, giving it access to your Samsung Health or your yeah. Apple Health and that sort Google, of stuff Google does Fit, help. Whatever it is, yeah. If yeah. you have a Fitbit, connecting it with that, Apple Watch, all yeah. those sorts of things. Those those all do make it significantly more accurate. I have noticed from what I've seen, people who do not do that, it's very consistently half distance registration, which is very strange. Yeah. But other than that, I don't I don't know if there's anything else to say. Yeah, there is. Unfortunately. There is for sure. So before they included all these things that would be, you know, because like Kyle said there's several different factors. If you tie in, you know, your your fitness app or your tracking or your your fitness watch or whatever, it helps. But at the base, and this was explained to me a long time ago, and it doesn't sound like it's really changed. The way that the game decides distance, it's not actively tracking your location at all points in times, at least for this, not not this feature. It is for other things, like your location on the map for sure. But what it does for distance, it will check your location at, at intervals. And then what it'll do, and if you take a look at it, like let's say your route is on a map, it'll put a dot on that spot. And then the next time it checks in, which is not right away, it puts another dot. And what it does is you could have gone up into the right and done like a right angle between those two dots, but it will count the distance between those two dots as a straight line. So if you're walking around a loop, if you don't stop long enough on the other side of the loop, like if it's a small park or something like that, to, to let that distance register, by the time you get back, you'll have like a fraction of the amount of, of distance you've actually covered. And this is especially true for routes that are straight in a line in and of themselves to begin with, because you don't know when they're placing that first dot. You don't know when the last dot was. So you could be missing the last 30% of your route because the dot was before that. And when you, by the time you came back to that same place that you were just at, it put another dot. So you got like zero credit for that distance because you went out and came back. Mm-hmm. So that's my understanding, <laughs> but it seems to be a reliable interpretation. I've also heard the same thing. I've also heard, I don't know if this one is true. It will update and check significantly faster 
if you have a peripheral connected, so a, a Pokeball Plus or a Go Plus, whatever you have. So instead of working via Adventure Sync, you are just working with the game itself. And I don't remember how true that is. I know it definitely helped me early on before I remembered to connect it to Google Fit because I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's something worth trying if you have one. So the answer is there's it's it's sketchy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is sketchy. So, you know, try taking some time and open up your game and make sure that the distance registers before you turn around on your run. That might help you out. Um, I don't know if you're training for distance or for time. That might be a little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, I would say experiment and, and see what works on your end. But thank you for the email, Brian. And this last one is from Kelvin. Hey, guys. Happy first mail episode. Thanks. Today, I'm just pitching a few questions for you. Without further XU, let's begin. Uh, oh, I love it. Question one. Have Niantic left it too late to introduce Kecleon? I mean, come on. How long does it take? We're on to Gen 6. Why have we not finished Gen 3 yet? Just put it in a snapshot or something. Okay, first of all, I feel your your rage. I am also angry. Yeah. What? Come on. Um, I mean, unironically, though, I think they have. I, I think they've shot themselves in the foot when they introduced Smeargle with Snapshot was the perfect opportunity to drop Kecleon and never have to worry about it again. That's true. And now if they put it in Snapshot, everyone's like, why did we have to wait three years for it to be put into Snapshot? Yeah. And so they have shot themselves in the foot because they have to come up with something else to introduce him with. Yeah, like a whole new mechanic or feature yeah, or, or something. Or something, anything. and. You know, so they're just not doing it because it's not worth the effort. It's a bad Pokemon. That's true. I kind of wish that they would just be like, and Kecleon, and that's it. It's just, it's, it's in a spawn pool. I don't know. It's something. it's lose-lose at this point for them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, question two, what are your predictions for April Community Day? Would Bunnel B for Easter make sense? Probably wouldn't have a PvP move, though, because it's already a tank. Yeah. I, I would say Bunnelby would make a lot of sense. It'd be pretty great if we got that because it's a newer Pokemon. Uh, we already have Execute Shiny. Uh, there, there's there's Bunnery. no way they do Bunnelby. We just had Fletchling. And that's two of the common Pokemon from the same generation back to back. Ooh. <laughs> what if it was Volibi? <laughs> Everybody hatching 10k or sorry, 12k eggs would be so angry. You know what's a really common spawn that I'd like to see a community day? Mm. Drillbur. Me too. Like I, I like Drillbur shiny. It's good. Well, I like Excadrill shiny. Drillbur yeah, but is it appropriate for April community day? Not really. It's very not appropriate given you know April rain and stuff like that. But who cares? Yeah. When True. has that ever been appropriate? Uh, yeah, they really only kind of theme the community days when it's like Halloween and stuff like that. Yeah. Even last year, I don't think last year's was Halloween themed. No, no, I don't but the year so. before it was. Yes, yes, it was. So, yeah, it could be kind of anything. I think Bumblebee's a, a great idea. I'd love for that to be true. But like Kyle said, maybe you hold your ponytail on that one. I'm entirely sure. <laughs> uh, question three. My girlfriend managed to miss one of her days in a row after 17 days towards the Mew task. Is this a, a sackable offense? <laughs> <laughs> what makes it worse is that she actually tried to catch a Voltorb. But it fled and she rage closed the game. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You at least you at least deserve a week away 
you know <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't face that person anymore. oh that's that's awful it is awful it is awful for everybody it's so that's yep. very very frustrating oh man i my heart goes out i've definitely gotten like st- struck off of the task that take a snapshot of your buddy seven days in a row i got to like three and four days in a row like six times and then forgot so i definitely feel her pain i have this small panic on like a day where i've been really busy and i haven't played pokemon go very much that like it'll be like 12 30 and i'll be like i didn't catch anything yesterday and then i go and check and the streak is still there and i'm like okay i, I actually oof, did play it my memory is just right. not there apparently i was up until 3 a.m last night and caught a pokemon that's right yeah it's like right right okay i'm good <laughs> i'm good uh i'm still like six days behind so it's okay though on your on your master work tasks yeah i'm at 24 out of 30 oh, yeah i'm six days behind i'm 18 oh man getting there all right final question chris can you make kyle sing emails with different words i need you to set the scene on them all okay kyle are you down for this uh <laughs> sure sure it's gonna be like a call response we got six of them here i'm gonna read the first part and then you get to read the last part in email fashion okay all right mm-mm-mm Kyle's on holiday. Cocktails. Kyle has started a profitable business. Net sales. Kyle is dressed as Cinderella. Fairy tales. Kyle is a farmer. Hay bales. Kyle Dynamaxes his frostless. Max hails. <laughs> Kyle's trusty Vulpix evolves. Nine tails. <laughs> Anyway, after all that, have an awesome <laughs> mail episode and roll on many more. Uh, have a good one, Kelvin. Oh, that was great. Had <laughs> <laughs> to save it the best for last. Thanks so much for that, Kelvin. And thank you to everybody else that sent in emails, whether you meant that to be included in the mailbag or not. Too bad. We, that's what happened. <laughs> so anyway, um, we'll try to do this next month as well. We'll be collecting emails. If you'd like to send in an email or a voicemail to be included in a mailbag episode, specifically just go ahead and throw that in the subject line or mention it at the beginning of your voicemail and we'll take care of the rest but i think that's it kyle isn't it it is we don't have to set any goals this is so strange it's weird ending sure is all right see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye bye